Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this day, that it is a good day. It's a day that, that you made and we will rejoice. We will be glad in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that your presence is here in this place today. And Lord, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So uh, I want to talk just a little bit about, uh, I was born in uh, uh, eastern part of Ohio and uh, uh, lived on an 840-acre farm there. We grew up farming, and uh, this was all that I knew. And uh, it was three miles back a gravel road, um, and another. So we, the closest uh, town was about uh, about 16, 17, uh, about 20 miles away. And so, uh, but it seemed like it might as well have been in another state because we were just home buddies. Um, I uh, went to to a little uh, little school there in Clarington, Ohio, which is down on the Ohio River. Uh, grew up there, um, going to school, um, not really having very many friends. Uh, was kind of uh, uh, shy because, you know, we didn't have anybody on the farm, anybody, so my social skills was just, uh, you know, not, not there at all. And so uh, uh, I guess one of the things is coming up, uh, we were... We were poor, I didn't know that, because we were, um, you know, we had what we needed, so to speak, you know, we were on a farm, so we ground our own wheat for uh, a flour, we, you know, we had our uh, livestock, and so we had uh, beef and, and pork and all that, and chickens and eggs and butter and milk, and so everything was you know, hardly ever got anything store-bought. I remember the first time somebody brought a loaf of store-bought bread, and I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Uh, and I uh, didn't realize that I had the greatest thing ever, but uh, I learned later. And so uh, never, no TVs or telephone or anything. So we were pretty, pretty isolated back there. And so growing up, uh, my, uh, my mom was a, a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. She loved God, had a great love for God. Well, my dad was, was not a believer, and um, so growing up on the farm, uh, dad had had a very uh, troubled uh, uh, earlier part of his life, was uh, given to alcohol, and basically the doctors told him either he had to quit drinking or he wouldn't, wouldn't live very long at all, and so he made that decision, I guess, about the time that I was born. Uh, matter of fact, I was uh, told, I guess, that uh, uh, I was the only one of six siblings, uh, one brother and four sisters. I was the only one that was actually born in a hospital. All the other children, I was the baby of the family. And so uh, my dad, uh, um, um, so my mom was in a hospital, uh, Barnesville, Ohio. And uh, the story goes that dad took a load of pigs to the auction and brought me home because picked me up from the same place, so I guess I was, that was my value, traded for a, a load of pigs. But uh, praise God. Uh, but during my, uh, you know, I had good memories of my early childhood growing up and, and uh, feeling love for my, uh, 
my mom, my dad, we wasn't allowed to celebrate Christmas. My dad wouldn't have it. I remember a couple times uh, I was trying to bring a Christmas tree in the house and he would take, break it up and take it outside and he wasn't having any of that. He wasn't, uh, uh, he, he, like I say, he wasn't a believer, never went to church any place or anything, but it was just how he was hard because, and, and a lot of that had to do with his raising, how he was raised. Those were some hard years uh, back in uh, his parents and grandparents and whatnot. And so uh, God was not, we wasn't churchgoers, never went to church during that time or anything. And uh, whenever, um, I guess we moved, and I was about uh, 12 years old to another farm, uh, a larger farm, and uh, worked on the farm a lot, and so I missed a lot of school uh, because of it. And uh, then uh, eventually I... I believe, well, it was actually my, high, uh, my, uh, 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 my eighth grade, no, my, my uh, uh, freshman year in high school. Uh, I went very little to school that year because um, I had to stay and work on the farm. And, and my, um, it, it was very frustrating to school. When I would go to school, I'd be so far behind, I couldn't, uh, I, I didn't know where I was at. And so I basically just shut down. I just basically quit. Uh, learning, uh, quit trying to learn because it was like it was very frustrating at that age. And so uh, uh, even though I wasn't there enough to receive any kind of passing grades, I had straight F's in my eighth, eighth grade, um, or in my, uh, I'm sorry, my, uh, yeah, that was my eighth grade, and they went ahead and passed me uh, to high school anyway. And so I went to high school and was there very little of the time in high school and finally just dropped out to work on the farm. So I didn't have, I haven't had much of an education on that means, jumping ahead a little bit. After I uh, left home, I went and got my GED and, uh, you know, continued in there. So God has, has taught me a lot um, and it was, uh, it was very isolated being back on the farm. Well... Uh, during that time, my dad became very, um, um, very abusive to my mom, and not just verbally, but he began to physically uh, uh, beat her. And uh, so many times, I remember uh, uh, seeing uh, um, coming into a situation, and 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 dad was uh, was either beating mom or verbally or physically, and yet mom would always say, "Dad, God, Jesus loves you." And she would never back down from that, uh, from her stand for the things of God. So uh, I don't know if it was a way of justifying it or what, but my dad would make us listen to uh, preachers, radio preachers on the, on the radio, and many of them were just out there. Um, and uh, uh, he wasn't born again himself, but I, I think he found justification in that or something. But... Uh, uh, Regardless, he had never accepted the Lord during that time. And so it began, began to be a very dark uh, time in my life as a 14, 15-year-old uh, young lad. And, and um, you know, I was growing at the time. I was, uh, you know, very stout working on the farm, uh, uh, you know, a lot of physical labor. Um, and mom and I would ma mainly take care of and my, uh, my brother and would mainly take care of, uh, of the farm and, and, and the chores and whatever, you know, milking the cows, putting up hay and, and, and everything that 
all the farm duties that, that, you, that in, is involved in running a farm. And Dad did very little. He uh, uh, was a chain smoker, and he just didn't have the energy much, you know, to do a lot of that. And he had used to work in a coal mine and had a black lung, and so he would sleep till about noon every day, and, but he wouldn't go to bed till like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And so uh, during that time, there was not being able to go to school, uh, not being involved in any kind of church or anything, not having any friends, it was basically just my mom and I, my, uh, uh, my brother, oldest brother, uh, uh, got drafted to the military, went into the military, and uh, uh, I remember that day very well because he was, he was my, uh, he called me his shadow because I followed him around. He's 10 years older than I am. And uh, uh, brother, if you're watching today, uh, yeah, I'm talking about you. And uh, so anyway, it's always been a, a, a good strong uh, uh, influence in my life, and I'll talk about that a little bit later as we, uh, as we go on. And so um, the physical abuse got to the point that it was, uh, if you've ever lived in a situation like that, and, and I'm sure some of you have or know a family, it's in that, it's a, it's a very troubling uh, situation to live in. I remember uh, going to bed at night and just in fear, and uh, still never having accepted Jesus, even though I had a mama that loved God and loved me and would talk to me about the Lord. And, and I, uh, yet, um, as, as I grew older and began to see you know, the, the, uh, uh, the altercations that happened in the home was more and more prevalent, it was, uh, it was well, it, it just got to the point that I had enough. And uh, so I was very rebellious at that time. I wouldn't talk to dad. My dad wouldn't talk to me. Basically, if I needed him to know something, I'd tell mom she would go to him and vice versa, he would do the same. And so there was such a distance between he and I. There was, uh, um, you know, my, my, bo my uh, 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 title was either boy or dunce. Uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, uh, never was called son. Uh, never even had, you know, just, a hand laid on the shoulder of appreciation or anything, no physical contact uh, in that manner. He never beat me, never laid a hand on me, and, uh, but a lot of uh, verbal abuse during that time. And uh, so I'm telling you these things because I want you to see where God's brought me, and if he did it in my life, and he'll do it in yours, and he'll do it in situations and things in your life because God does love us and care about us. Aren't you thankful for that? And no matter where you're at, he's able to get in. I never thought I would ever be anything, do anything. I thought I would always be on the farm. I'd always be there doing farm business. I never see the future. I had no vision. I had no hope for the future. And uh, as, this, as this abuse got worse and worse, and it just, it, it's like a burr under your saddle that just got uh, uh, irritated more and more and more. And finally, by then, I had grown, was, was, uh, had gotten, you know, a six foot plus. And, and um, finally, I just made a decision that, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. If he lays one more hand on it, 
And uh, 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 now I want you to understand this. I have a hard time saying this because it's, it's hard for me to even fathom to, to this day, but this is what was in my heart. And what was in my heart, because I was in a very dark place, I didn't know Jesus, and I had just made up my mind. I had made the decision, if he ever laid his hand on my mom again, I was going to kill him. And there's no, and in all reality, by looking back on my life, I, I'm telling you, God intervenes at the right time. Had he not intervened, I believe to this day I'd possibly be sitting in a jail, jail cell. But I'm telling you, uh, hatred in the heart is a, is, is a terrible thing. But uh, um, the enemy takes that and he works and he works through the mind, he works through and when you're living in that situation you don't see any way out. Like I said I remember going to sleep at night and just in great fear. Fear um, fear for my mom uh, I was never really afraid for my own life I knew I could take care of myself, but I think I was more fearful of, of, of my mom. Um, all of my family uh, left before they was 18, all my siblings, because they had seen a lot of it. It wasn't as bad as it was, quite as it was when I was at home. It seemed to get worse and worse. And uh, back during that time, a lot of it started out uh, uh, after the alcohol and stuff, and my dad had went in for... Back then, they, their, one of their treatments was shock treatments. They would, uh, they would shock a person, and, um, and, and I think that really uh, messed, messed him up uh, during that time. That's when things really begin to uh, go south from there. But uh, during this time that there was such hatred in my heart, uh, when I said God knows when and how to intervene, I'm telling you, he did in my life. Um, God has a plan for our lives. And no matter how much the enemy tries to get in there, I'm telling you, God's plan is greater. So this is where uh, uh, God used my brother, Raymond, and at the time we were working on some of his property down there. And uh, he invited me to go to church with him. And this was back, uh, there was a revival meeting back in the hills of West Virginia, probably over an hour away. And I said, well, you know, Dad won't let me go. And he said, well, let me, let me talk to Dad and see. And so Dad's response when he asked Dad if I could go with him was, uh, um, yeah, he can go, just make sure he gets prayed for. And he wasn't even a believer himself. But he knew the, ha the hatred, the rebellion was so strong in my life and, and there in the home. And uh, really looking back on it now, I can see that he was very troubled by this as well. And so uh, my brother took me uh, to a meeting over in West Virginia, and I'll never forget that night. I don't even remember exactly, you know, what the, what the ministry was about, but I knew when he gave the altar call, I was clear back there where Billy's at. Billy, raise your hand back in the corner. It was like those chairs were back up against the wall, and they were a lot closer here. You couldn't hardly get out. And this church was packed. It was an old bar that they had had a, a, a closed down and they had a revival meeting in. Hallelujah. And here I was clear in that very back corner. I don't ever remember getting out. I don't know how I got out of there. The next thing I know, I'm standing in front, in front of the minister. And uh, at the time, I was, uh, I was 16 years old and a young lad. 
And as I stood there, he said, son, what do you need? And I just, I've, I've done, you know, I didn't know how to confront people. I knew it was the Holy Spirit that helped me to get up there because I, I, I don't know, I can't uh, believe that I would have just done that on my own. But as I was standing there, I didn't even know how to answer him. I didn't know what I needed, but I knew that uh, I, I, was, I, I needed help. And uh, he said, well, I think I know what you need. And he led me in the sinner's prayer that day. Praise God. God's intervention. He got to the heart of that old farm boy. Not only did I get born again that night, I'll never forget it. It came over me in a wave that was just undescribable. And right after giving my life to the Lord, I was just there just weeping and crying. And all of a sudden, I began to speak in this gibberish, in this language I'd never heard of before. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to speak in other tongues right there that night. It so I'm telling you folks, it so changed my life. It was a supernatural intervention from heaven. And from that day till now, I have never been the same. And when he poured his love in me, all of that rebellion and all that hatred, it washed it out. It was gone. Just like that. I'm telling you. It washed me clean. I'd never felt a feeling like that. I'd never experienced anything like that. I remember on the way uh, home from that meeting, like I said, it was over an hour drive. I was in the back seat of my brother's car, and I remember being all over the back seat of that car from one side to the other. I just could not sit still. I mean, it was just indescribable. I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. So I get home. I remember going to, to, to uh, bed that night and it took a long time to go to sleep because it was just the anointing of God, the presence of God was so real uh, over me and in my life. And, uh, and in the days that followed after that, that rebellion and that hatred, God washed that out. And his love washed me clean, praise God. All of a sudden, the first time, I'll never forget the first time I seen dad after that. It, I looked at him with a whole different look. I looked at him from a heart of love. Not of hatred. I, I, it, it, it baffled me. I couldn't understand why. How could I, how could I look at somebody so different? How could, how could it, how, because it looked to me like he had changed. But the change was in me. And so when I noticed that change, affected that change, I just began to talk to the Lord, and he just began to speak to me. I mean, I, I, it's, it's always been easy for me to, well, I don't like to use the word easy, but it's, I've had to work at it at different times and things. But the voice of the Lord has always been strong in me the sensitivity of knowing his voice because I didn't have a, uh, the voices of religion reaching out to me. I didn't have that, you know, of, 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 you know, of what man's idea of what God's supposed to be. I didn't have that because I didn't, hadn't been in church. I hadn't had any of that. So really, in a sense, it was really good. 
And so this relationship was very uh, full and very meaningful. And, uh, and so I remember the first time I went and said something to Dad, and he didn't answer me because he didn't know how to answer me. Because all of a sudden, here was, I came with a different attitude. I'm not this rebellious, this hatred with uh, 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 hatred in my eyes. All of a sudden, the love of God was in my heart. And it changed. And he didn't know how to handle that. He didn't know. But gradually, we began to talk again around. And, uh, and, and, and the abuse let up somewhat. I mean, there was still the verbal abuse and the threatenings physically, but there, uh, there wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't as bad as it was before. And then I realized afterwards I probably contributed to that with my attitude and my heart and what I was, uh, 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 had in the home as well. And so uh, he would, he would uh, uh, have us listen to these radio broadcasts, uh, these preachers on the radio. And as I began to listen to them, I was good at the same time I began to be, grow in, in the Word of God. I began to read my Bible, began to read a Bible, began to uh, learn more. Raymond was able to take me back a couple more times to some meetings. And, 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 and it was just a really a God thing in my family because... My, all my siblings and myself, all of us got born again and filled with the Spirit within just a few short months. It swept like wildfire in our family. It changed things. I, I had my, my oldest sister. I never really had a relationship with her because there was so much of a big age gap difference between her and myself. And, uh, and after, afterwards, after I was away from home, and, and I, uh, that relationship... I mean, we had a great relationship. God restored that to us again. I'm telling you, God's a restoring God. Amen? And so during that time, I, would, uh, I was growing. I was uh, learning about the things of God. And uh, as I began to listen to these radio preachers that Dad would make us listen to, I began to realize that there was a lot of false teaching, a lot of things that just was not, was religious, it wasn't right, it wasn't good. One thing you didn't do with my dad was you didn't, dis, you didn't argue with him, you didn't disagree. It would set him off big time. And so one day he was talking, he, after the radio broadcast was over, he started uh, uh, talking about this one thing. I don't even remember what it was now, but he was just off the wall and stuff. And, and I told him, I said, Dad, you know that's not right. And all, he came unglued. And, and he started arguing with me. And so I got up and walked out, the second thing you didn't do to him. And as he walked out, as he... Uh, as I walked out, he followed me, and I turned around, and he came at me with his fist. And when he did, I just swung around, and I hit him. And after I hit him, I knocked him to the floor, and I thought, what did I just do? I just hit my dad. I, I mean, you, you don't do that. But it was a reaction. And when I hit him and knocked him down on the floor, immediately it came out of me, in the name of Jesus, because I seen this is the thing when dad would get in this rage and this anger. You just see, it was just like a demon that was inside of him, just devilish. And when he was down there, I said, in the name of Jesus, I didn't, I had never been taught this, but the spirit of God began to download things into me and began to help me and began to bring understanding to me. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I, I take authority over you. I, I rebuke you in Jesus. Now, I don't remember exact words I used. But he was laying, sitting there on the floor. He wasn't hurt. He was on the floor, and he couldn't get up. It was like he was froze. 
He tried to grab a chair to hit me with, and he couldn't. He couldn't. It was like he was froze. Finally, he just got white as a sheet, and he jumped up and ran in the bathroom, and he told a mom to tell me to get out of there. And I was then afterwards, the reality of what had just happened set in, and I thought, what, what am I going to do? And so I, uh, I took the, we had, uh, Dad had a high-powered rifle at the time, and I knew how he would use it and, and has in times past. Um, now I'm going to get into that. But I took the, the bolt out of the rifle, and I hid it, and I said, Mom, I'll, I'll, you don't know where it's at, but I'll let you know somehow later where I hid it at. And I jumped on my bicycle, and I took, I, we lived uh, three miles back in a dirt road, gravel road, and so I took off on my bicycle, and, uh, and uh, about uh, a mile and a half out the road, I abandoned it and took off on logging road. I knew those hills and those hollers and those woods, you know, like the back of my hand. I knew where to go, how to, where to go in them and everything. And, uh, and, and I took off over to a neighbor's house I knew, and they had a telephone, and I, I called uh, my brother, and he ended up coming and getting me. And... Uh, that was, a, that was the start of, uh, of things in my life uh, going uh, uh, further where I couldn't go back home. Um, there's, I didn't have anybody in my life. I didn't know anybody, you know, to spiritually to guide me and direct me. I ended up going up to Columbus, uh, Ohio, which was where the uh, uh, rest of my, uh, except uh, the other four of my siblings lived at the time. And I went up there, my sister lived with my sister up there and started working some. Was up there for a few months and that's where I got mixed up in a, some wrong teaching. I went, because my heart was hungry for the things of God. I mean, you know, God had just, uh, uh, I just got born again and filled with the Spirit and there was a hunger. I just wanted what God had for me. I'd never experienced that before, but I knew how drastically it had changed my life. And I, 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 I just wanted, I wanted that. And so I was open to very, quote, gullible, even spiritually uh, at the time. And so I started attending this Bible study, and the lady that was teaching it was, uh, it was, it was not right. But I didn't realize it at the time because I had nothing to keep me solid. I had nothing, you know, I was just a very baby Christian, very young in the things. And that's how I really saw the effects of how wrong teaching, the damage that it can do. And it began to lead me down a road that wasn't right. Thank God my brother intervened again. And he drove from, from where he lived there in Ohio up to Columbus, which is about almost two-hour drive. He came up and showed up at that uh, home Bible study and, and took me outside and, and he says, I said, Raymond, what are you doing here? And he says, I've come to get you. I said, what do you mean come to get you? He said, Danny, he said, this is not good. He said, what you're involved in? He said, this teaching. He said, it's bad. He said, you need to come with me. I said, and I think I argued with him. I don't remember. It's been too long ago. And I thought, no, there's nothing wrong with this. This is fine. But I went with him. And he took me out of that and took me back down to where they lived. And I lived with them for a little while and got my first job down there, started out in the electrical trade. And uh, he introduced me to a good, a solid, uh, spirit-filled, word-of-faith, uh, word-preaching church there. Uh, Wayne and Myrna Tifateller, the uh, graduates of, I think, the second year of, 
Arama Bible Training Center had moved there and, and started a church, and there was a, another Arama graduate that was the, uh, uh, the taught uh, uh, the uh, youth group there. And so I went in, began to go in through the youth group, and then began to go uh, into the, teach, uh, into the, uh, the church. It was a little, little country church. It was about five, six miles out of town, uh, out in the, in, the, in, the, in the hills. And uh, matter of fact, I would go out there sometimes, get there early in the wintertime, shovel the sidewalks and stuff, and start a fire in the old pot-bellied stove in there. And, and that was the first church that I really started going to. And it really began to kind of get some things going in me. I remember when I first time I walked in there, I went up to the pastor, didn't know him, Wayne T. Patellar, had this little bottle of anointing oil they had given me up at this Bible study that I went to. And I told Wayne, I said, uh, uh, Wayne, I said, listen, I said, I have this bottle of anointing oil. If you need somebody anointed, just call me, let me know. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, son, will you do me a favor? I said, what's that? He said, see that row right there? He's pointing to the front row of the church over on this side. He said, go up there and take a seat and sit down, sit down, shut up and learn. Well, how would you respond if somebody told you that? I said, yes, sir. Because I learned not to disrespect. At least I'd been taught that. And so I did. I sat there and learned. I mean, I've seen things. I've seen things in that church. I've seen uh, Wayne deal with demonic stuff, junk that was in. I've seen uh, um, things that just you know, was not good. Wayne took care of it, praise God, and began to teach me who I was. I began to learn who I was in Christ. <laughs> began to learn about uh, what's available to me uh, through the new birth and through this life walk. Began to learn about faith and righteousness, how that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that God's a God of faith, and how to begin to learn to uh, walk by faith and to live by faith, praise God begin to find out that I've been made the very righteousness of God in him, praise God. Begin to learn out, learn that, that God's given me authority over the enemy. Well, I, I knew that in a sense, but not like I really needed to know it in, 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 in everyday life. And so I began to grow just as a young lad uh, and uh, uh, began to work on the job there, continue to work on the job. And I remember God began to work with me and begin to teach me and begin to uh, help me in things because you know I uh, my uh, uh, you know like I said I didn't have a a, a lot of uh, learning in school and so God began to teach me. As a matter of fact, I remember when I went and took my GED test and there was questions about uh, uh, geometry in there, trigonometry, and I had never I didn't have a clue what that was. But I'm telling you, God began to show me and began to teach me in things begin to create a hunger in me for things even just like spelling and, and arithmetic and things like that and I begin to really enjoy it and, and so I'm telling you God will restore things to you he will restore things to you and so uh, I remember uh, when I passed my GED I got a letter from uh, the facilitator or somebody saying for your education it's amazing you know what you did well that all the glory goes to God because I didn't you know and so uh, uh, I've been able to do 
God has blessed me with a good mind, with a good uh, a workmanship. Dad, one thing that he was very good at was with his mind. He was able to figure things and do things and make things. We lived on a farm. We didn't have the ability to go. You know, if you couldn't, if you couldn't find it in Western Auto or the Ohio Farmer magazine or something, Mail Order or Sears and Roebuck uh, back then, uh, you made it. And so we did, and we made things, and Dad would come up with these ideas, and we'd carry them out, and I saw that worked. And we always worked on our own vehicles and everything, and uh, I remember working on an old baler that the, the cog on it uh, broke, a chain cog broke on it. Well, what did we do? We, we made one. We heated it up in the wood stove. We punched out the cogs in it. We grind, ground it out and heated it up, and we made a cog that worked uh, still when that thing wherever it's at today in a junkyard probably someplace it's still got that cog on it and was still working and but uh because of it in life i've been able to do about anything myself figure it out do it you know uh, you know mechanical wise or anything which sometimes can be a, a hindrance in our life because well do we need god's help in that we just uh, blunder on through on our own think hey i got this i can do this you know, I have the abilities to do this. I don't need God's help in this. Well, not necessarily saying that we're not needing God's help, but in doing so and forging ahead and not expecting his help with it, uh, we're doing that. And so uh, the, the Lord began to teach me, you need my help. You need me in life. Yeah. And so uh, I've had to learn that. You know, one of the, one of the uh, hardest things, in, you know, in, in this church here, alone when we began to build this church was you know we did our family did everything i mean we did all the cleaning the sound the you know the the the, the sweeping the everything that pertains with uh, with the church the praise and worship and everything and uh it was hard for me to turn that loose to people because nobody could do it like i could do it okay you know the feeling nobody can do it the way you do it and besides that, the time it takes me to show them how to do it wrong, they'll do it wrong, and I could have had it done, and, uh, you know. But the Lord really began to ring my bell about that. And he said, how am I going to perfect the gifts that's in each one of them? That's why, guys, this, this thing, this upcoming, this uh, leadership training that we're going to be doing next month uh, is, is going to be so powerful and so important, and we want every one of you involved in that. Praise God. And so... Uh, uh, the Lord began to teach me, began to teach me my reliance upon him and, and how important it, it was to need his help and begin to reach out to him. But the whole time in the middle of this, the, the God began to birth a vision in me. He began to actually begin to uh, create in me vision to go forward of life. I became excited about life because I knew that there was more. I knew there was more than where I had been born and raised and thought that I'd never be off of that farm and never be, go do anything. But at the same time, you know the story I've told about how that uh, uh, when, uh, uh, well, let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. So in, uh, as I continued to go to church there in, in Woodsfield, Ohio, that little country church, uh, Begin to set at the feet of one of the nation's most awesome uh, uh, prayers there ever was. Matter of fact, many ministries had her on their their board just to t just to handle their prayer, and her name was Rachel Tifatiller. 
you ever see any videos of her or anything, it's pretty amazing. And I used to go out with her and sit in that little chapel out there, and we'd pray for hours and learn. And I'd sit at her feet, and I'd say, uh, uh, Rachel, teach me. And I, I mean, there's times I'd go down when she moved back down to Oklahoma. Uh, 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 even before Nancy and I was married, uh, would go down there and, and, and to her house, and we would pray together. And she taught me about things like stepping over the log in prayer. What does that mean? And, uh, you know, just, just really begin to birth a, a desire in me to pray. And, and, I, and, and during that time, I really saw and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, if you don't go there in prayer, you won't go there. But first, you go there in prayer. It's not one of the most favorite things that people really engage in. Well, maybe a, lot, a little simple prayer, simple communication with God. But I'm talking about committing to a corporate prayer together and getting down and praying through things. It's not a real rewarding thing to the flesh, but as you, as you begin to pray about things and pray them through, and then, you, you know, I can't tell you how many things that we see here in this church and in our community begin to come to pass. It's very, some of the very things that we pray about and we take care of it in prayer and all of a sudden it begins to, you know, we begin to see the actions, the results of it. And so it's very, very important. And so God began to ground in me some of these spiritual principles that's so important. And in our lives, if we don't make a place for prayer, we're very weak. We're very weak in our Christian walk. We're very weak in where we'll actually go and, and, and be able to hold on to in things in our own Christian walk. So prayer should be a very vital role, uh, a part of our lives. So I want to go back a little bit to, to, to uh, faith and righteousness. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're familiar with this passage of Scripture, but uh, uh, it's very simple, very short passage of Scripture, Paul talking, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. That is, I'm sharing, I'm going to share with you some of these foundational scriptures, just a few of them, three or four of them here, that really played a major role in my footing, in my life, and what God began to do in me. He began to speak to me about how my life would be a life of faith, a walk of faith. What does that mean? It means that when it, not everything uh, uh, doesn't look possible at all, you trust God and you begin to go forward. When you don't have the resources, the money, the, uh, whatever you might need to do something, you, what do we do? We trust him. I remember, I remember the first time when uh, God called me to go to Ramah uh, Bible Training Center. I, 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 the, I, I, the Lord began to speak to my heart about, began to, as I was learning about using my faith, operating in faith, that the elements of faith is, is speaking and believing it in your heart, declaring it and seeing it coming to pass that it is the, the currency of the kingdom, our faith, because God is a God of faith, amen? And this scripture, for we walk by faith and not by sight, becomes such a reality in me. I said, I need to begin to exercise and begin to practice using my faith. And so uh, I remember one day looking around the little place that I was living in uh, uh, there and uh, thinking of something. I, I said, I got to start small. I got to start someplace. And and, and I realized that it was just almost completely out of toothpaste. I was making, I think at the time, I started out making $2 an hour uh, back in 1977 and um, in the electrical trade. And uh, 
I, I, you know, I didn't hardly have enough money to, you know, even get some of the, the important things you need in, uh, in, to live by. I needed a tooth, tube of toothpaste, and I know that every pair of socks I had was holy, had holes in them. I thought it'd be nice to have a pair of socks. I said, okay, I'm going to start with this, a tube of to a toothpaste and a pair of socks. Well, what kind of toothpaste? Well, I like Crest, so it's like, okay, Crest is on the list. Black, a black pair of black socks, okay. And so, Lord, I thank you, Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, you said, uh, whosoever shall believe in your heart and, 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 and not, not doubt, but believe in your heart and, and confess with your mouth the elements of faith. I said, well, Lord, I thank you, Lord, I'm asking you for a tube of toothpaste and a pair of socks, black socks. And Lord, I thank you for it, and I just receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, and I see it, and I just give him thanks and begin to give him praise. Every day, begin to thank you, Lord, for my tube of toothpaste and my pair of socks. Praise God. Nobody else heard me. They didn't need it, but, you know, this is where I was at. This is where I began to, you know, I started. Well, I don't know. A couple weeks had went by, and there was a knock on the door, and I went, and it was a good friend of mine. Uh, uh, and uh, he came to my came to the door and he says uh, had a brown bag uh, like a, a bag that you get in a grocery store at the time they didn't have plastic you know it was a brown bag and he had it rolled up at the top and he handed it to me and he says I, I know this seems might seem kind of silly but he says I just had these and thought maybe you could use them I said well thank you thank you and he went his way and I went back inside and opened the bag and guess what was in there a tube of Crest toothpaste and a pair of black socks. Now the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, there'll never be anything small in my eyes. My word works and faith works every time. Never forget that. The Lord spoke that to me. That's where I began my journey of where we walk by faith and not by sight. And it showed me how much he loves to meet our needs. How much he loves, how good of a father that he is. That he wants to provide well for us, praise God. That was huge. I remember dropping to my knees and just weeping before the Lord and just giving him thanks. Because I've seen it in action right there. Hallelujah. So, as I began to learn and begin to grow my faith, I began to see. I told you a story about how, like the pickup of... I'm not going to get into that and how I set my faith for it and how I tied that pickup up literally for weeks and even a couple of months and that pickup never sold until I released it and let it go. But he showed me, he taught me how, that, how your faith will grab a hold of things and hold on to it and begin to work on it. And so the importance of, 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 of walking by faith and not by sight, it's the realm that we live in. We, don't, we live in the spirit realm. Romans the 8th chapter uh, if, you, if you don't know Romans the 8th chapter I'm telling you I want to encourage you to go back and read that and read it and begin to study Romans chapter 8 because he talks about the difference between uh, uh, the flesh and the spirit and, and the difference it starts out there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk by the spirit and not by the flesh and how that as we begin to live that life we began to Learn, begin to find out how that we're supposed to walk and how we're supposed to live. In Romans chapter 8, um, 
also in, since we're talking about Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, as many as are, so that means that some are not, right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What's he saying? He said that's the protocol for you and I as believers. We are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, every one of us knows that we are a spirit, number one. We have a soul and we live in a body. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. He communicates with our spirit. That's, how, that's his voice. That's, how he, that's his, his connection to us is through our spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, to our spirit. The Bible says there, he says there in, in Romans the 8th chapter, he says, uh, um, uh, he says, for, the, Holy, for the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Beareth witness. Well, there's that witness, there's that communication that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through. That's, that's how he communicates to you as, as believers. He doesn't communicate to us through, well, whether this works out or that doesn't work out. Why doesn't he do that? Because he's a much deeper God than that. He goes deeper. He goes to the heart of man. Because natural things can be done. They can be, they, we can miss it if we depend upon natural things. The enemy can see to some things that it's done and thing, and we think it's the Spirit of God, and it's, it's not. It's like, you know, I remember one time the Spirit of God said to me, he says, not every door that's open is of me. Not every open door is of God. Some people see an open door and they just run right through it. And it might be a door that doesn't have a floor in it. And so it's very important to know, how do we know? Because, Lord, is this right? Yes. Check that door before you go through it. Because this is how he leads. Everybody put your hand right here. Your spirit man lives on the inside. It's the core of man. It's on the inside. This is where you're, not up here, right here. This is where you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking. This is where he speaks on the inside. And much of the time, it's not necessarily a voice. Sometimes you might hear a voice, but sometimes it's a knowing. It's a knowing to do some or knowing not to do some. It's is a peace there. We always follow after peace. God leads us with peace, Amen. If you go to go down a road and there's no peace on it, turn around, get out of there. But if there's peace there, God's there. He's the Prince of Peace. Amen? So you can trust Him in it. And the peace is on the inside. Ha. Ah. Amen. And so, uh, as I begin to learn, begin to grow, begin to grow my faith, begin to learn how to walk by faith, we know uh, Hebrews 11:6. you know, it's right in there what we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. Hebrews, the sixth chapter and chapter or sixth verse in chapter eleven says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he, must, he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him." And so, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So, the person that walks by faith, let me ask you this: Was Abraham a man that pleased God? Yes. Absolutely. So much so that God cut a covenant with him that still comes down to us today. And so faith is something that's very important to God because he's a God of faith. 
You think about God. He, here he was in Genesis chapter 1, looked out over the vastness of the void of nothing, and he began to create with the words of his mouth. He, there was nothing there, and he created it because he had it. It was in his heart. It was in him. And as he spoke it out of his mouth, it became into existence. His words, uh, 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 his faith, his knowing, his confidence gave faith, gave substance to what he spoke. And that's the same way it works with us today. That's why speaking is a very vital role of our faith. Our faith, the faith of God speaks. It has a voice. Amen. And so you speak things. Lord, I thank you. Like I said, that tube of toothpaste. I, I seen it. I asked the Lord for it. And then I didn't ask anymore. From there on, I thanked him every day. I said, thank you, Lord, for my tube of toothpaste and my black socks. I said it every day. My Crest toothpaste, my black, black socks. I said it every day. My, my, my words, I hear, what, and this is a true fact, you and I will believe what we say quicker than what somebody else says. We need to hear ourselves speaking. It needs to reaffirm what's in our heart. Amen. So faith speaks. Always remember that. Faith speaks. Your faith has a voice. One of the things the enemy will try to do, first thing he'll try to do is get you and I to shut up. Not speak, not say anything. Oh, don't say anything. No, God's given us a voice. Now, it's really important we don't say the wrong thing. Sometimes we do need to zip it. Sometimes we're creating doubt and unbelief. Sometimes we're chipping away at our faith. Amen. So it's important that we support our faith. The words that we speak is supportive of what we believe in our heart. Amen. We can begin to nullify things by the wrong words that we speak. Well, I can't ever do anything right. Stop it. Because the enemy will take that and he will have a heyday with it. It's not long. You start believing you can't do it. But when you begin to say, bless God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of a sudden you begin to say that a few times. It begins to jump. Yes. Why? Because he lives in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And so uh, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. We've got to know that it's by faith. It's through faith that we live our life. It's through faith that we uh, 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 that we conduct business in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. All right, so after that time, um, uh, as I began to learn and begin to grow, God began to deal with me about going to Rayma Bible Training Center. He began to speak to me about it, began to put it in my heart in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went down the year before I actually went which was the year I started going to church there, my old uh, uh, youth pastor, they decided they were going to go back and go their second year at Rim. They had skipped a year, was up working in the ministry up there at the church for the Wayne and Myrna Tifa Tiller pastored. They were doing the youth. God put it on their heart to go back and go their second year. Uh, and, and so they went back, and I thought, man, you know, I'd really gotten close to them because... Man, I could talk to them about anything. They were like family to me. And so I applied to go to Rama uh, Bible Training Center that year, and uh, uh, I got denied. And I thought, well, what's up with that? And well, I didn't realize till later that my pastor had said, I'm not ready to go yet. Thank God he listened to God. <laughs> I thought I was ready, but he knew I wasn't ready. He knew I needed to get some more learning under my belt before I went. And so... Uh, I uh, then the, the next year I applied and got accepted to go and whenever 
uh, I went, I remember my uh, uh, Pastor Wayne, I would go over to his house, just learning the things of God, just hungry, just could not get enough of the Word of God and enough of, of good teaching and was just devouring it. I'd go over to their house and, and he would, on Saturday night, he'd be you know, preparing his message and have his message pretty much ready to go for the next morning. And he would preach it to me. And I'd sit there. I'd just sit there, just take it in. When he got done, he said, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I'd critique him in a little bit. And we got so close. I spent nights over there on their couch. And they invited me over you know, Thanksgiving dinner and, and meals and stuff. I was like one of their kids. And uh, uh, both of them have moved on to glory now. They're both in heaven. And uh, uh, they were really, really neat people. And so uh, I remember when I left to go to Rayma Bible Training Center, there's a highway, State Highway 78 runs right down through the middle of Woodsfield there. And they lived right on that highway. And I remember Pastor Wayne, when I drove away, Pastor Wayne was standing out in the, in the center line, cars going both directions. There's only a two-lane road. On both ways, he didn't care. Stood out on the yellow line out there and stood there and was bawling like a baby when I left because I was like one of his children. Thank God he planted the word in my heart. I mean, there was never a question with me. I'd never been raised in church, but there was never a question to me about my faithfulness. I don't think I ever missed a service there. I mean, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night church. We had Tuesday night prayer. We had Wednesday night Bible study. There was something going on Thursday night. I was there any I could, just soaking it up, saying, just give me more, just give me more. Right there on the front row. That's where I sat. I thank God for what was put in me. So when I went to go to Ramah, and what happened? Pastor Myrna, she says she, they drove down ahead of me, and they wanted to introduce me. They said, we have a family that you're going to be staying with. And so they introduced me to a family down in Oklahoma when we got there. They was ready for me. They took me in. They had uh, um, four uh, children of their own. They said, you're son number five, or ch child number five in this, uh, two boys and two girls. And so they had a little bedroom for me. I, I uh, went there when I was going to school. And then uh, the church that was involved in is a glorious church. Many of you know Pastor Lee at Jan uh, Morgan's. Uh, I've been up here at camp meeting before. He's still my pastor. As a matter of fact, we just seen him last week. It was good to see him again. Always good to see him. He treats me like his, his son. And uh, under Billy Brim Ministries, if you know who Billy Brim is, you know uh, that's the ministry that we're out of and have been involved with for many years. And as I, as I walked into that church, you know, Pastor Wayne Tefateller was a man. He was an iron worker, and he was as hard spiritually as he was uh, physically in his work. I mean, solid. He was like, bless God, faith or righteousness, like get it or get out of the way, you know, kind of thing. And the Lord says, boy, you need a little bit of love to go with that because faith worketh by love. Yes. Amen? Amen? So he put me at the feet of Pastor Lee Morgans, my pastor down there. A man that grew up, he and his wife, all their life and never heard his mom or dad ever raise their voice to one another. He was raised in a home of love. And here's this curly-headed guy, cowboy boots at the time, walked in. I thought, who's this joker? He was the pastor. <laughs> who's this joker? Now one of my best buddies, I'm telling you, he, 
He and I are very close to this day. I love him dearly. I thank God. God will put people in your life to make a difference. Yes. He will. Yes. Amen. Yes. People that you can trust. Yes. And, uh, and, and if there's things, things that's, uh, 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 that you need correction on, he'll correct you, praise God. Amen. Or they'll correct you. You know, I, I remember uh, uh, when uh, Pastor Nancy and I got married. I went and talked to him. I said, well, what do you think? Do you think this is right? He said, boy, I'll tell you this. You're crazy if you let her go. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so as I, uh, as I went there and then continued my growth there in that church, man, I was, I was there every time I could be there. I mowed the church lawn. I, I uh, 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 done the cleaning in the church. I taught youth. I taught uh, uh, children's church. They put me on the board, the youngest member of their board, and, uh, uh, I mean, I just did everything, did electrical work in the church. Like I said, mowed the lawn, just any, anything that needed to be done. I was there almost every day of the week working. Just I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be involved. Could not get enough of the things of God. God began to grow in me things, began to work in me today. So, so many of those things is a standard in my life. I'm so thankful for the Word of God that was planted deep in my heart, praise God. And... Uh, then uh, as I uh, began to attend Raymond Bible Training Center there and I went one year there you know you're basically uh, four days a week you're in school the fifth day you're doing homework so you're studying the word of God uh, 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 the sixth day you are and then the seventh day Sunday you're in church so every day and it begins to change your thinking it begins to change your environment around you and I'm so thankful just to get immersed in that and what it did uh, in my life. And then during my, uh, uh, so at the end of the first year is when I met uh, Pastor Nancy. And uh, uh, my roommate introduced me uh, to her. And, uh, and then uh, uh, at the end of the school year, they have, at the time it was downtown Tulsa, the Civic Center, they have... Uh, 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 Rama Bible Training so they were, that's where Brother Hagen would have his uh, uh, winter uh, or his uh, camp meeting downtown several thousand people I think at the time there was seven or eight thousand people attended there and so uh, I was at that meeting and, and, and I saw Nancy there and but I couldn't remember her name <laughs> and so we talked for I mean we was together for quite a while and finally uh, I said well I, I need to go and so I left and what I didn't tell her is I had to go find my roommate to find out what her name was. <laughs> I sure didn't want to ask her what her name was. You know, we had met earlier. I should remember. And so we, uh, we began to, uh, um, you know, spend some time with each other. And I say this person, she became a really good friend to me. There was not physical attraction. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, you're just friends. I was, I was serious. We were. We didn't even hold hands. We didn't. There, there wasn't just a physical connection. It was just a good friend. Uh, and I could, you know, matter of fact, I'd go and have a, a date with a girl or something there, going to Bible school. I'd drop them off and go see her because she'd worked at like midnight. We'd go down. I remember the first time we went down in the cafeteria and she, uh, we both ordered some French fries or order French fries. And we both was waiting for each other to put ketchup on our fries and realized that none of us Neither one of us really cared for ketchup on our french fries. It was like, oh, oh, okay. 
Not that that was a sign. It was just kind of interesting. Don't read anything into it. Oh, this was God right here. So, so uh, I, she would get off like at midnight, and so sometimes I'd, uh, I'd go home, go to bed for an hour or two, and then get up and go down and just walk her out to her car because she it was a dark parking lot. She worked downtown Tulsa at a hospital down there. And, uh, and, and like I said, we were at the time just still just, just friends, just good friends. We could talk about anything together. And then uh, she had asked me to be her, uh, uh, go with her uh, for the chaperone for her, uh, uh, the uh, uh, winter Christmas banquet they have downtown. And so I went, and so that was, we kind of considered that our first date night. <laughs> that was our first time. That was in December. And then in uh, September of that next year is when we got married. And so um, it was, uh, it's just special when God puts people in your life, you know. Yes. And uh, a little Catholic girl from Nebraska uh, going to Rama, growing in the things of God. Here I am, an old farm boy up in Ohio. She's had to teach me a lot of things, a lot of things sometimes on tactfulness and things like that. <laughs> you know, I'm still learning on that, you know. <laughs> what? I'm not supposed to do that? Could have fooled me. <laughs> so anyway... Thank God for God's leadership and God's direction in our life. Yeah. And so that began to form some things in me, the teaching. And, and then what about the call of God on my life? What happened? So, okay, I was called to, I, I never ever in my early years, I never ever remember a call on my life to pastor. And it wasn't until I began to serve in the ministry, and I never saw myself as an associate pastor but that's the role I began to fill. And as I began to do that at Glorious Church, and it was there at uh, 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 going to Bible school, I remember one time seeing some of the things that happened in the church and sometimes the way Pastor Lee got treated and stuff. And I said, there's no way I'll ever be a pastor after seeing all that. And the Lord checked me on the inside. And I knew it wasn't right. I just, I mean, it was just like I hit a vein. It was, uh, you know, a nerve. It was like, oh, wait a minute. It started to really make me think. And then the Lord began to speak to me about it. Well, it went to the point that there was a service that I was, uh, was supposed to be ordained. Uh, Billy Brim and Pastor Lee was going to lay hands on me, ordain me. I don't even remember exactly what year it was. But it was when my... I think it was when my dad passed away. Hey, that would have been 88. Went to, uh, uh, went to Ohio for the funeral. And the state was there that Sunday for service. And there was a, a uh, couple there in that church that was ministering that Sunday. Mr. Wayne wasn't ministering. Mr. Wayne didn't know anything about, uh, you know, my ordination or anything like that. And neither did this couple that was supposed to happen that Sunday, so I had to put it off. We were sitting there, and so I was sitting in like the second row back on this, and the minister's ministry. And this couple came off the platform and said, would you stand up, brother? And they laid hands on me, and he began to minister, and he said, this day, you was to be ordained by man, but this day you've been ordained by my spirit, says the Lord knew nothing, knew nothing about being ordained by man. I was supposed to be ordained that day. Oh, 
Wayne Tifatel was on the platform. The pastor came off of that. That was my pastor, you know, when I used to live there. Came off, and he spoke to me, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, this is right, and this is true. And I'm telling you, the power of God hit me. I was standing there, and I hit the floor. And, I mean, I couldn't even breathe. And I felt the presence of God. The, that was the annoying that was the presence, that was that office that went into me. I didn't ask for it. I'm telling you, it went on the inside of me and I couldn't even breathe. I don't know how long it was, but finally I just gasped, you know, I got my breath. And, uh, but, this, but God said, this day you used to be ordained by man, but this day you've been ordained by my spirit, says the Lord. So I left and went back home and I thought, wow, that was, that was really something. You know what happened as soon as I got back to our church back at Glorious? People started coming up and calling me pastor. I went, I'm not your pastor. There's your pastor. But they saw that pastoral anointing on my life. <sighs> Came on me that morning. Since that day forward, I mean, I, I, was, I would get frustrated with people. I'd get, Why are they doing that in the church? Why are they doing this? After that day, it was such a love for people. I wanted to hug everybody. <laughs> I wanted to hug everybody. It's like, whoa, what just happened to me? But I'm telling you, that's how those giftings and those anointings, and you let God do it. That's where things started in my life. And then we served there faithfully for 17 years, I think, at that church. Did everything needed to do there. And then God began to work in it. He gave me the desire. It was always my desire to pioneer a work. And I wanted to go north. I didn't want to go south because I didn't like the heat. Never liked the heat. Never liked Oklahoma. I mean, the people, great. Southern part of it, but the heat, no. And, uh, and so we, we, we had a lot of opportunities to go different places to go. They were looking for pastors. And I know a lot of people would come up and say, well, you're supposed to pastor here at Glorious Church. And I knew that wasn't right. I knew that wasn't right to take that church. It wasn't where God called us. He called us out. And like I said, God put a desire in me to start to pioneer work. And so we uh, went to some different places and ministered, but nothing was right. And there was a couple from here. Uh, I'm not going to mention their names, but a couple that... Uh, well, she's passed away now, and I don't know if he's even around this area right now. I think he may be. But they, uh, they uh, uh, con uh, or I had called, they, they'd got a hold of Rayma Bible Training Center down there, and you can call if you, say you want a church started in your area or you want need, uh, need a position in your church or something like that, you get a hold of. And so uh, they had contacted Raymond. so during a winter Bible seminar in 96, we went over to the office, and there was this, uh, uh, this couple's name there from Lander, Wyoming. Said we want a Word of Faith church in this area. I didn't know anything about Wyoming. Didn't even know there was mountains in Wyoming. Never been. Didn't know that Yellowstone was in Wyoming. And uh, so uh, I, I went home and I thought I'm just going to call and just talk to them, see what this is about. So I called and answered the phone. We had a great conversation and uh, hung up and uh, said we just we're just believing God in this area for. A word of faith church in this area. Well, little did I know uh, that 
before that, Nancy, I think that was in 95 that you and Dick were in the ministry or the uh, Southwest Believers Convention in Texas. And you guys, you got a microphone? Hallelujah. Nancy, I want just, you just to share just this little part. What was it when you heard that ministry that was going on? What did you say to the Lord or what did you guys talk about? We went all day long and heard messages, like eight messages before 8 p.m. And uh, when that was over, I just said to, say, I said to Dick, I said, that's exactly what we need in Landon, Wyoming. And it was like the next day, we came to listen to the meeting again. And it was like somebody was planted there and said, come with me. And I think it was Pastor Danny. And uh, it was just like, I don't even know how, it was so accurate and it was so in touch with what we wanted. And that's exactly when this ministry started up at North so, Side. So, so, backing up a little bit what she was saying. So that year, that was before we even knew that we were supposed to come here. Uh, God, they were down to Brother Copeland's down there and said, this is the type of ministry that we, we want, Lord, wouldn't it be great if we had this type of ministry in Lander or in Riverton, Fremont County? Well, God hadn't even called us yet to here. But faith was already beginning to work, and there's some other people too that did. And so then we, uh, uh, when we came up here for the first time, we met out up uh, Willow Creek, had a little meeting out there. Well, we ended up, so after I'd talked to this couple, they sent us this whole packet of stuff on Fremont County. Here's this. There's a picture of Main Street of Lander. Here's Cattle Drive down Main Street. Y'all seen that picture? And everything, all you know, the population, everything about Wyoming. And it's like, oh, that's great. That's great. Whatever. And uh, didn't think anything more about it. And one night I came home from uh, from work. I was working downtown Tulsa, and uh, came home. And you've heard me tell the story. I, 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 I remember, you know, when God speaks something to your heart, it marks you. It really does. It marks within you. And I remember stepping up, taking my foot, just ready to step into the shower. My foot was just like this, ready to step in the shower. And I heard the Spirit of God say, and you'll go to Wyoming. It was like, and you'll go to Wyoming. I knew at the time it wasn't like, you'll go, you're going to move there. I was to make a trip there. I was to go spy out the land. I mean, I knew, and there's things, sometimes when the Lord says things to you, you know exactly the context he's saying it. Came out of the bathroom, and I told Pastor Nancy, I said, "Hun, I said, I'm telling you, God just spoke to me, and he said, we're supposed to make a trip to Lander, Wyoming. She said, oh, okay. So I was working down there at the time. There was a travel agency down there. I got a hold of them. They got some, remember, two tickets, $128 apiece for, to, from Tulsa to Denver, Colorado, and back. She had a sister who lived in Denver at the time. We flew into there, rented a car, and drove on up here in a big old snowstorm. They closed I-80 right behind us. <laughs> Took us eight hours to get here, uh, up here. Eight hours to get up here from, uh, uh, from Denver. And normally six, five and a half to six. So anyway, we come in and uh, was here and administered uh, to the family out uh, Box Canyon, out uh, Willow Creek. Uh, and uh, then we went uh, then we went back and didn't think anything more about it and then God began to go to work 
And I had been home two or three weeks, and all of a sudden I woke up one night in the middle of the night, and these faces were before me when I woke up, and I was praying for those people. I woke up out of a sleep, and I was just like that, and I was praying for these people. And so I finished through praying a little bit. I don't know what that was about. That's kind of weird. Didn't think anything more about it. Next week it happened again. But then just two or three weeks it started happening like more frequently, almost every night. Here was these people's faces behind. And was like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're pestering me. I get it. I said, Lord, you're going to have to talk to her, Pastor Nancy. We, we had made a decision. We knew we were going out. God was calling us someplace, but we had no idea where. But we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So we just say, well, Lord, whatever. But so in the meantime, we began to get our place ready to go. We had a little place we had uh, uh, there. We began to get everything minimized, got rid of a lot of stuff, began to organize, have it ready so that we could just be up and going pretty quick if we needed to. Because we knew God was calling us somewhere, but we didn't know where. And so we, uh, uh, so we came. Uh, 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 she, well, Pastor Nancy said, she said, I want to take the boys. I want to take the boys up and make sure because they're, you know, they were very involved in sports and had a lot of their friends and stuff down there. I mean, and, and when we left, we flew our plane up. We left down there at, on, on July the 3rd, 10 o'clock at night. It was like 90-some percent humidity. Michael was playing baseball. We left. The next morning, come up. We got out of the plane up here at Hunt Field, and we started grabbing our jackets <laughs> on July 4th. That night, we went to the rodeo. We had quilts around us and everything else. Our blood was really thin <laughs> from being from the South. We came here, took the boys around, showed them. We were staying down at the Silver Spur uh, uh, Motel down there. And that night, that was when it used to be pretty, pretty decent. And uh, so then, then the next day, we were going to go and have a, a, a service with them again out that same ranch of Box Canyon, up, uh, up Willow Creek. Out here. So uh, I got the family all together, and I told them, I said, boys, listen, listen, we're we're, uh, we've been praying about there's an opportunity here about whether or not we're supposed to come and pastor here in Lander here in Wyoming and I mean just out of the blue like Pastor Michael at the time he was how old was your son at the time 14 12 12 years old just pipes up and says dad we know this is God like duh <laughs> But he didn't realize those exact words is what exactly what his mama especially needed to hear. I needed to hear them too because she wanted to make sure that they, you know, this was going to be good. They knew it was right. Do you, do you remember that day when you said that? Not really. I just wonder if you did what well, was in your heart, if you remembered anything particular about that. But, uh, and so we just made a decision. We wasn't going to, uh, can I have just a little bit more time? just about done here and uh, uh, I know it's getting late here but so we uh, uh, I made a decision wasn't going to say anything to him at this time we wasn't going to and we went out there and had that meeting we were outside on the back uh, deck of their, their ranch house and, and uh, I was uh, ministering and when I got done the guy the, the, one of the, the guy that had contacted us about coming in the beginning said, well, does anyone have any questions for Danny or Nancy here? One guy piped up and he said, yeah, when's the U-Haul coming down the road? Well, I made a decision, wasn't going to say anything. 
I hem-hauled around and skirted around it, answered it a couple other questions, and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, if you were to tell me that you did this, that you said it, did this happen like this, I'd say, yeah, right. But I'm telling you, I experienced something I'd never experienced in my life. In the midst of talking, some, I said, well, if y'all would have us, would be, remember, I was living in Oklahoma, y'all and fixing and all that, you know. I said, if y'all would have us, we'd be honored to come and be your pastors. That come out of my mouth, and I could not stuff the words back in. I, I'm telling you, I would no more plan to say that than anything. And all of a sudden, some people started clapping, and some started crying and everything, and it was like, okay, now we're committed. The Lord committed us. I said, Lord, you committed us. I turned to Pastor Nancy, which had went after Stephen, and he was like two years old at the time. Him and another little girl that was there was playing over in the irrigation ditch. They, she didn't even hear her. I said, uh, isn't that right, hon? I'm looking for support for her. What? She said, what? She didn't even hear what was said. Was great. You're on your own. <laughs> so that's how we committed to come to Lander, Wyoming. And that was in 96. That was in, uh, right after 4th of July in 96. And so... Uh, we knew that this is where it was at. God began to put the desire on our heart. There was a couple that was down in Oklahoma. Uh, well, they had actually, from uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, had moved up to, uh, or was passing through, come up this way. There was in Cheyenne, had called back down to their pastors that was in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and said, hey, do you know, we feel like we're supposed to go help somebody start a church somewhere. But we don't know where. We don't know. We're here in Cheyenne. Do you know of anything? And this couple that was pastor said, well, it's kind of interesting because they was in that service when we ordained Pastor Nancy right before we came. They was in this, this, this two pastors were in that service and they saw that we were going to be going to Wyoming. He said, it's interesting that you say this, he told him. He said, because there was a couple in that church uh, uh, that's, uh, I think, moving someplace up there. I'll find out where it's at. Well, they got him the information and this couple that was in Cheyenne Moved to, uh, moved to, uh, uh, to to Riverton. You know who I'm talking about? They used to live here in the church. Oh. Okay. Uh, and so uh, they called us and said, "Hey, we never, I never met this couple or anything." They said, "Hey, we're here in uh, Riverton, Wyoming. We hear you're one. You're going to be starting a church. We're here. What can we do to get get started and help?" God put them ahead of way, ahead of us, right here. They helped us. We started at North Elementary School down there. We'd go down, have services, have to set up the sound equipment, the chairs and everything, take the youth down one wing, the children down the other wing, and they helped us set up, tear down, and everything. God had people in the place. And then when we got this building, that's a whole different story, but they lived over in the residential part of it and helped us here as custodial work and stuff in the church. And God began to set that thing in motion. So I said to all this, there's been a journey that we've been on. Now you guys are on this journey with us from here. We've been on a journey up to this point. But God, he started vision in me way back when for a church, a desire to have a church. He set somebody there that said, with a, with a desire and a vision to see a Word of Faith church here in Wyoming. And so faith began to work on that end, praise God. God began to work. So I want you to see this, folks. You're setting in the midst of a God thing. You're setting in the very midst of a God thing. God brought me off a farm back in the middle of nowhere 
that should not be here today in the natural. But God started that back there because he had you on his mind. He brought us here for you. He, re- he brought us here for this community. And that's not to put a pin on my chest or say, look how great. I'm just saying that's how God works when he moves people into areas. And it's no accident that you're here. And so I want to thank you because our desire then was to build a church here in Wyoming, here in Lander, Wyoming, that people could come and build a family together and just see what God would do in their lives. When we first come, I mean, we had, there was hardly anybody here in this area that knew who Kenneth E. Hagin was. You know, that's where the, who was at the Bible school or the Word of Faith message or anything. Uh, uh, very little about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Who, what? And God sent us in here and since that time, it's, it's really cool because you go any place in the state, if, they, if they're any kind of church, maybe not, not a lot of the denominational churches, but non-denominational churches, they know about Word of Faith Family Church in Lander, Wyoming. God did this. This is not no man's doing. God did this. And you're involved in it. And we're so thankful for each one of you. We're so thankful that God set you here, that God brought you here to hook up with us and join with us. I want to give you one last scripture here in clothing. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. You know this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For we, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. It's not, well, can I ever do anything to be right? Can I ever, uh, you know, to be right in the sight of God? God says, it's not what you do, it's what I did for you. And because of that, we get to step into his righteousness. We've been made righteous. We are righteous, praise God. So every one of us, uh, uh, we can say, praise God, sin's been dealt with. I'm not a sinner any longer. I am righteous in his eyes, praise God. That's good news, amen? That's freedom, praise God. So I want each of you to know that God has good things, good plans in your life. If he can do what he did in this old farm boy and brought him where he's at, I'm telling you, I've told people this many times, I said God can, will do things in your life, can do things in your life so fast it make your head spin. You think, how in the world did this ever happen? I remember I was, when God called me to go to Ramah, I thought I, I could never succeed in a school, going to school again, I, learning, growing. And God called me to go to Ramah, yet I was excited about it. I'm standing on the campus there, Ramah Bible Trading Center, Broken Air, Oklahoma, sitting here looking around, thinking, how in the world did I ever get here? Off of the farm, not too many years, a couple of years before that, God brought me out of there. I will say this, before I left to come out, I knew I had to reconcile with my dad and so I went back it was one of the hardest things to do I went back after it had been a year and a half after what happened when I hit him and everything and left and when I came back I, 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 I you know it was, it was very awkward it wasn't you know we didn't really communicate much or anything during that time and I went back a couple more times and then uh, one of the times I went up and I just have to share this, and I'll let you go. And I went, we flew my plane into Woodsfield, Ohio there. And when I did, the landing light burned out on landing. If you're a pilot, you know you can still land a plane without a landing light. It's a little bit, can be a little bit dicey. 
but you just depend upon the, your judgment on the on on the the runway marker lights. This is how distance, how far you are from the ground. If you know your plane, it's not that big a deal. But anyway, it's a lot, a lot better if you get any animals coming on or anything. And so, so I landed, and 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 so I went down. And I, in the course of conversation with my dad, I'd made mention something about well, my landing light burnt out on the way into into town, or when I landed. What well, dad had never given me anything in my life. He never gave me a dollar bill. Never given me anything in my life. And when we went to leave, Dad asked me, he says, how much one of them landing lights cost? And at the time, I think it was only like 38 bucks or something like that. I said, oh, I think they're about $38 or something like that. Not very much. And he went back, and as we was gone, he came out, and he handed me two $20 bills. He said, buy yourself a landing light. That, I can't tell you what that did in me. It was the first time he ever really told me he was in that little gesture. He told me he was proud of me, and he told me he cared. Sometimes things may seem meaningless, but to somebody else they may be very meaningful. So, before Dad passed away, we're on our way up in my plane. We're over, over Indiana. I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I can't release him to go to glory until I know he's born again. Because mom said she'd never leave him. She would never leave him because she was concerned for his soul. That was why she took the abuse, she took everything to see him come to the Lord. Little did I know, almost at that exact moment, my old pastor, Wayne Tepetiller, was leading my dad to on his deathbed. I got there. I went instead landed there in Ohio. Got there, flew on over to Wheeling, West Virginia, and landed there. Mom come running out across, across the tarmac, tears running down her cheek. Dad just accepted Jesus. I'll never forget that day. It was her life. What it was all about was him coming to the Lord. She took the abuse. She took everything to see him come to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that for anybody to do that. You've got to know that God, God put that on your heart. But that was how much she was concerned about him. And then we had some really special times with my mom after that because she was like a bird out of a cage when dad passed away. She could, she could be, she could have friends, she could talk. And it really changed things. So I'm telling you, Mama's in glory today. But I'm here because of her prayers, because of her faithfulness to God in the midst of all that. Let's stand to her feet. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, a lot different today. But I want you to know this journey was the Lord's doing. And you're important to God. And God will do whatever he has to to get to people. We have to realize that serving God is bigger than just us. I had no idea that God had each one of you in mind when he began to work in my life. You don't know who all he's got in mind in your downline 
yet. And we may never know till we get to glory. God has a way of reaching people. And he does it through people. They'll just go with him. We'll just say, God, do what you want to do. So my desire today is for each person to do this. is to say, God, I just want all that you've got for me. I, I just open my life up to you. Do what you want to do in my life. Use me. Create a greater hunger than ever within me. And he'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed right now before we, as we close here, if you would, please. If you're here today and things are not right in your life between you and the Master, you and Jesus, things are not right. You've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have, but you have, you're not where you should be with him. I'm talking about just purposely going your own way. But you say, okay, I'm ready to recommit to the Lord. Was that a, this funeral service I did for my, we was up there with, with my uh, uh, sister-in-law. And there was a young lady came up and she said, I want to start this. She said, I want to recommit my life to the Lord. Right in front of everybody. She led the way to do that. So I'm asking you, do you want need to recommit your life to the Lord? Is there things that you said, you know what? I've just been real surface about this, but I'm done with that. I'm committing wholeheartedly to the wholehearted to the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed right now, just look on the inside. If that's you and you say, okay, I'm ready. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you or anything like that, but I would like to know who you are. If that's you, just slip up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, all right? All right, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your, each one of you, praise God, your obedience, your, your commitment to say this, because this, this is between you and the Lord. Let's just pray this prayer together, shall we? Let's pray it together. Let's just say it out loud. If that was you, one of you that raised your hand on that, and you knew that was you, then you mean it from the bottom of your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your great love for me. Even when I've been not so lovable, your love to me has never stopped. Thank you. I ask you this very day to come into my heart. I commit to you to give you my all. I commit to you to put you first in my life from this day forward. I'm not looking back. Yesterday is gone. Today is a new day. And my future is in you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over every person here. And Lord, if there was something that I said today that touched somebody's heart in a special way, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to use that, to minister that, that freshness, 
that fresh vision, that new vision, that new hope about faith and righteousness, about your leadership leading them in life. Lord, that you'll teach them, you'll show them how to do it. Thank you, Lord, that you're taking us higher. And we just open our hearts to you. Thank you, Father God, that this is a new day. And we're excited about going forward in you. Thank you for blessing each individual here. I thank you for meeting their needs. I thank you for providing because you're a good provider. Thank you for so loving us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You're free to go. Praise God. Thank you guys so much for being here today. You're a blessing. Don't forget their slip for Secret Sister. All right. Secret Sister ladies, don't forget your slip. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.